What's up, everybody? You are back. We are back with the greatest podcast ever on this side of glory. That podcast is If the Truth Be Told, coming live, 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 and direct from the city of Milwaukee. I am sitting here with an awesome young man. Uh, we're going to talk about his story because we have a great topic that we want to talk about. But uh, before we do that, we want to put God in the center of everything that we do. So we just want to pray. So if we can just bow our heads. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you yet for another day, another episode, another opportunity to glorify your name. Father, we just praise you because you are the author of all things. You are the author of our fate. And God, we put our hands and our trust in you. We pray that this conversation that we have be edifying to the body, edifying to those who are struggling, who are trying to move forward in their lives, but they have not turn to you, O oh God. And God, we ask that you be glorified in everything that we do, and you are in the center. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. That familiar voice is a very, very, very good friend of mine. Um, he is somebody that I look up to, respect. Um, I admire his hustle, his love for God, his love for his family, his church, his pastor, everyone. Um, that is my good friend, um, Elder Ralph Hall. How are you doing, sir? I'm fine, thank you. Good, 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 good. Um, the reason why I have uh, Elder Hall here is because he has a very, very interesting story. Um, he grew up as a son of the church. Um, I actually know his family. I know his mother. I know his grandmother. I know his uncles. I know a lot of people attached to him. He's a grandfather. He's a father. He's um, he has his own business. He's doing great things, but it kind of wasn't always that easy. It, he never had. He, he always had. Um, there was a, a little bit of a struggle at a particular point in his life, so we want to talk to him about that. Um, so let's 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 start from the beginning. You grew up in church, right? Yes, I grew up in church. Um, Greater Mount Sinai, correct? I did. Okay. Shout out Greater Mount Sinai, Superintendent Davis, the greatest pastor on this side of the globe. You have to agree with that, right? Amen. 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 Uh, I know your grandmother, Mother Davis. She's a wonderful, wonderful church mother. Um, so you grew up in church. I did. Your grandfather was the pastor, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. Tell me, how, 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 you, how was your childhood coming up? Like, being a son of the church, I know that's a difficult place to be at. How was coming up in church? Actually, I had a great childhood. Um, if I could do it all over again, I wouldn't change anything. Um, I believe that my childhood was sheltered mm -hmm. uh, for the most part. However, um, you know, it was just an awesome, awesome, awesome childhood. Okay. Okay. And um, so you, you grow up in church. You moving forward in God. What did you want to be? when you were younger? I wanted to be, um, I wanted to be a mechanic. Okay. Okay. Did you know mechanics in your family? Did you know? Well, anyone? I had a brother that, that dibbled and dabbled in mechanics and however, he took me under his wing, you know, at a young age and I, I learned the, uh, the mechanics of mechanics. Okay. And, uh, it always intrigued me, um, working on things. So, for the most part, I, um, I've always been mechanically inclined, and that's that's basically where my heart was in mechanics. So, 
my MOS in the military was 43B10, um, which was a mechanic uh, slash welder or whatever. So you were in the, in the middle? You were in the Army? Or? I was. Oh, what year was you in the Army? Man? I was in the Army uh, in the uh, early 90s. Okay. Desert Storm? I didn't make it to Desert Storm, but I did get a call to uh, to go. But my unit was not um, engaged to go to Desert Storm. So, but we were on call. Okay, okay. So, okay. So you grow up. You want to be a mechanic. Then you went into the military. So then you left the military. Then you came back to Milwaukee. Did you? I was just in the National Guards. National Guard. So, you know, we would only go for one, one weekend out of a, a year, okay. one, two weekends out of a year, so pretty much, and once a month. And that was, that's pretty much, that was it. So I just wanted to do something for the country, you know. Okay. That's very, you know, that's honorable. Like, a lot of people don't, you know, with nowadays people are not enlisting in the military. They're just like, hey, forget that. They got the Colin Kaepernick on. They're not, they're kneeling. They're not, you know, right. they don't want to respect. They don't, I'm not saying respect, but they just don't want to go into military service. That stuff's dangerous. That stuff is only for special people. So I respect um, your service to the military. Yeah, it's a job. It's somebody got to do it, you know. Okay. Um, unfortunately, I, I was hurt early in my career in the military or whatever. And, uh, you know, but it was a great experience, you know. Um, okay. I enjoyed it. Um, I believe that it really made a man of me. And uh, like I said, I learned some some things from it, and I took a lot from the military. Um, it was an awesome experience. Okay. Okay. So when you came back, um, how was life for you when you came back from the military? Um, it was a struggle, you know, um, with anything trying to readjust to uh society family wise and things like that but it it was it, it's tough and i believe that it's tough for all military people that has returned from the military due to the fact that you have to readjust and uh you know take life at at, at face value you know once you return okay so you, you come back from the military, you, you're trying to adjust. Now, uh, now again, you, I'm tr- trying to start out slow, and I want to paint a picture. Is that um, so? You came back from the military, and things were a little rough. What did you What did you do in order to try to make ends meet? Was there like how did you How did you start to get reacclimated to regular civilian life? Well, you know, um, when you return back to society, you know, you have your military family, your military friends, and then you have your friend friends, you know, uh, military family, you know, they're well-rounded. Your friend friends, you know, they have some rough edges. Mm -hmm. Um, Basically, you know, you just jump back in where, where you... Left where you left off, off at, at. <laughs> where, know, where, so. where time left off at. So, so you jump back in. Um, you, you, you kind. Of, you, I remember because I, I was I was a young kid back then uh, when you were at the church and we were at the church together. But there was some turn events that happened that caused you to to go away for a while. Like what? If you can talk about it, you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to. But what happened? That you had to 
Well, after I returned from the military, um, um, I came back and, uh, you know, had some tough times. Um, the military, you know, when you're in the military, they, they take care of you very well. Mm-hmm. And uh, pretty much you don't have to worry about anything. But when you return, you know, them checks on the 1st and the 15th. Yeah. You know, anybody that know anything about the military, you get paid on the 1st and 15th. Yes, sir. So um, there was no more the 1st and 15th checks. And uh, so, you know, as a man, we have to do what we have to do. So You had a family, right? Yes. Okay. How many kids you had at the time? At the time, I only had one. Okay. only had one. And uh, he's 28 now. And, uh, you know, I didn't have a job at that particular time. Um, I came to church and did what I had to do, you know, pretty much. But there was some turn of events where I got caught up in the street life, you know. And... uh, it didn't really pan out that well for me. Okay. What what did you what did you get arrested for like back in the day? Well, up until um two thousand and three I pretty much had a clean record. Okay. Because um, you were a church kid. You you I was did a church kid. Church boy, you you went to went to church, um, you obeyed your grandparents, your mom, your you know, you came up in the church. Right. So yeah, yeah, up to 2003, I pretty much had a clean record besides a little minor traffic or whatever. But uh, in late 2003, um, I was arrested um, for um, for uh, some narcotic charges or whatever, and uh, I was convicted of that and um, sent to prison. How long were you were you sent to prison for? Well, I was facing 45 years. At 40, wait, wait, wait. 45 years? Yes, sir. I was facing 45 years at that particular time. And, four uh, or five? Four or five. 40, 40 years plus five? Yeah, cuarenta cinco. <laughs> <laughs> 45 years? I was facing 45 years. So when they, when they told you, when, after you got arrested and they told you you were facing 45 years, what was your whole mindset? We were like... What in the world is going on? Well, my mindset was, uh, how am I going to do this, you know? I thought about what a hole that I had dug for myself. Um, you know, but when you're faced with uh, some things like that, um, it's a, 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 a mind-altering thing. And, um, you know, I believe that that was like one of the, Worse uh, um, times in my life, um, facing that. And believe it or not, that um, when I went to court, I, my uncle was there, and he um, came to court with me okay. or whatever. And that was like one of my most embarrassing moments in life mm-hmm. um, when my attorney told him that, uh, that I had caught, got caught with a truckload of cocaine Wow. Now, we're not going to say that you did or did not. We, we, we won't say that, but uh, so that was the, the crime that you were faced, that you were accused of. It was. Okay. And 45 years. 45 years. Did you think that you were going to have to serve 45 years? Well, at that particular time, I had no clue how much time I was going to serve, but, you know. How old were you at the time? 
I was like 30 years old at the time. So then if if my math serves correctly, you would have been 75 years old? I would have been 75 had I got the whole 45. Yeah. What? So all the people that you were hanging with and in, you know, that you were in, you know, your boys and everything, were they there for you when you were going through? Well, to be honest, when you get in a, a jam like that, it seems like everyone goes the opposite way. Mm-hmm. And um, I did have a couple friends that were there for me, you know, in the beginning. But as time progressed, you know, fl- friends got few and near. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know how it goes. So, um, and again, you don't have to answer this question if you don't want to, but like when you look in the news, you look, you heard Takashi 69. Mm-hmm. Okay. So basically he was facing an X amount of years and they said, Hey, if you give us up, if you give up this person, this person, this person, we'll give, we'll, we'll shave off your time. Did they try to get you to, to give up? the people who you were associated with and who you talked to and who you were friends with? Well, you know, they got their tactics and they try to do that type of things. But, you know, I'm a stand-up individual. And, uh, you know, I believe in you do the crime, you do the time. So that was the way that I was raised. And, you know, I'm from the old school, and that's just how I did it, you know. Um, When I got sentenced or whatever, I was facing a mandatory minimum. If anybody out there knows what a mandatory minimum is, uh, that means that um, that I was facing 45 years. Um, but I ended up getting 10 years, so they had to give me 75% of that in prison. So if the mathematics are correct, I, did, I, I got seven and a half years in prison and two and a half years out. Um, so with the mandatory minimums, it's a real strict sentencing uh, grid. Um, so if you would have got 100 years, you would have had to do 75 in and 25 out. Um, I was one of the first individuals to get sentenced like that in the city of Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. And uh, had I got sentenced a week later, I could have got one, one, one year in and nine years out or two years in, eight years out. But... Just by the, the draw the straw, you know, the straws. I, I was the poster child for mandatory minimums. Wow! Did you did you did you have an attorney at the time? Was he? I did. I had a a, a very high priced attorney, and uh, you know, sometimes trouble is easy to get in, but hard to get out of. And you can have all the money in the world, but you know, at them particular times and moments, money. Sometimes it just don't do you no it good. Just, it just was the. It was just basically life. It was, it was just, just, life. just the fate that was given to you. Yes. So you're going through court, you're going through trial. You get found guilty, or did you plead? I pleaded guilty. Pleaded guilty. So you were just waiting for sentencing, and figuring out what they were going to give you. Well, basically, I fought it for a whole year, which was a bad thing. Had I not fought it for the whole year. I probably would have missed a mandatory minimum, but by me f- fighting it for a year, um, the mandatory uh, minimum had un- was unleashed. And uh, like I said, sometimes it's better to just go ahead and take your, your licks. Wow. You know, had I went on and took my licks, I, I probably would have missed a mandatory minimum. 
Okay. So, so, so tell me about when you first, when, when they, okay, you found, you, you, you pled guilty, they sentenced you to 10, they sentenced you to 10 years, correct? They did. Okay. How was the first day in prison? If you can go back in time. Well, let's go, go back to the day when I was sentenced. Okay. Uh, when I got sick, sentenced on July 17th of, uh, of 2003, the guy that actually got sentenced before me got sentenced for a murder. And uh, actually, he got 10 years also. For murder? For murder. And you got the same amount of time as somebody? We got the same exact time. As someone who killed somebody? Yes. He got five in and five out. And so, you, see, this is the sort of stuff that irritates me. It, doesn't that seem completely outrageous that someone who took someone's life? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not trying to sugarcoat anything that may have occurred that you were or were not accused of. But that's ridiculous. That someone that murdered somebody got the same amount of time as you. And he beat me out of prison. He beat you out of prison. He got five years in and five years out. I got seven and a half years in and two and a half years out. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Okay. I'm just upset. I got upset again. You know, there's no reason to get upset, but that's the way that the laws were set. Um, A lot of people really don't realize that drug laws, they were, and they still are, you know, way out of uh, whack. Uh, It's just that, that the way that the law is set, and the way that the law is projected, you know, there is a, 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 a very good chance that a person that is selling drugs can actually get more than a person that, that has committed a murder. See, but the thing is, nonviolent offenses should not be weighed on the same as some as a violent offense. Do you agree? Do you see? I, I agree. And actually, uh, the felony that I received was a class U meaning that it was unclassified. Mm-hmm. So you got you got all the way from um, a class A down to a class U, you know, but I had the lowest the lowest felony that you could actually receive at that particular time, but by there be be by there by the the according to the law when there's a mandatory minimum you have to receive a certain amount of time in prison. And um, at that time, it, it was 10 years for me. I had to get 10 years, no matter how I got it, but I had to get 10 years. So wow, it don't matter. I had to get 10 years. You had to, no matter what, nothing you could do, no good behavior, no be model person, be the best person that you can be, you had to serve the 10 years, whether it be inside or out. Paper, on paper or actually in prison? Well, you actually have to do 75% of that in prison. Oh, yeah, 75% of the 75% time. 75% of that in prison. But that's the way the laws are, the state laws are, and the federal laws are, um, you know. But that is a way to keep the prison population um, going. So that that's just that's just something that they do, you know. It, it's, uh, it's job security, it, basically. It, it, I'm telling you, it's it's a, it's a whole industry within itself. It is keeping it is people of brown and yellow, you know, our brown brothers in. Well, it's a lucrative business, you know. It's not yeah. just 
prison, but you know, it, it keeps a lot of people employed. Okay. So day one. So after you were sentenced, what how were you feeling? What was going through your head? Because you never got in trouble past that time, am I correct? I had never been in trouble um, prior to that time. Okay. So I had never been in trouble. That was actually the first crime that that I had ever, ever, you know, committed that I was sentenced for. The, the first one? That was the first crime. I've, I've never, I've never had a criminal record. Wow. So I was, that was, it was the first time. Okay. So you, you, you. You get get cuffed. You go into get transported. You get transported immediately to the prison, or did you? No, actually, they when she sentenced me that day, um, she gives me this long drawn out speech, um, and this is exactly what the judge said to me on that particular day. She said, "You, you've had a very good upbringing. You are educated. You've been in the military, but you have the wherewithal." and the smarts to be and do anything you wanted to do, but you chose to sell drugs. So today is your day. You're going to prison. So that is the way she unfolded it, you know, but she was a very good judge, you know, and, you know, to be honest with you, if I could change anything, I wouldn't change anything at all. Um, Only the devil knows, you know, where I would be. Mm Mm-hmm. At that particular time, you know, and I believe that was the best thing to happen because it's just, it's so much going on these days. And, uh, you know, sometimes you got, you just have to be realigned. But the first day, um, I was sentenced, um, pretty much. I was just numb. Um, I didn't know how to take it. Uh, I was married I had a son, and here I am going to prison, mm-hmm. you know. And, um, you know, it was just it was just a very sad day. It was a dark day for me. Wow. And um, so you said you were numb. You didn't feel – you were just in a different state. You just that's, – that's, that's, a, that's a lot to take. At 30 years old, you're, you're young. You're a young man. Yeah, but I had been married since 19 – and uh, so I had actually been married for like 11 years. And, and um, Did you, you think know, about your family? Well, yeah, you know. You think what about, man wouldn't think yeah, about his thing, family, you know. What, 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 oh, man. But, you know, sometimes, you know, when we do things, we don't think that they'll affect others. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so we, we need to be mindful, you know, everything that you do. Or say it may affect someone. And at that particular time of my life, I wasn't really thinking like that. And, uh, you know, I just got caught up in the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, when I went to prison on that day, it kind of was like a relief. It was a relief? It was a relief. You got to explain that, man. How was it a relief? It was a relief because I was facing 45 years. Oh, Okay. And to what be could blessed, been. to be blessed, to be blessed, mm-hmm. to only get 10 years, um, I just really, I, I took it with a grain of salt, and I moved forward. Um, I had prepared myself um, for that day. Like I said, I didn't know how much time I was going to get at that particular time. 
you know, but like they say, but God. But God. But God. Wow. And uh, I felt, though, you know, that it was um, that it was a fair sentence because uh, I feel like, you know, had I got a day for everything that I had did wrong, I probably would have had a life sentence. Because there's a lot of people that it's doing a life sentence for yeah. nonviolent narcotics offenses. Well, you missed what I said. I said, had I got a day for every bad thing I did, <laughs> I probably would have got a life sentence. So, you know, wow. That was just one thing that I had, you know, really got charged with, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm an angel or, or anything like that. Um, but, you know, God doesn't make any mistakes. Sometimes he puts you in a position to get your attention. That was just my position at that particular time. Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. because if it, let's say you were not arrested and sent to prison. Where do you think your life would have been? I very possibly wouldn't be here talking to you today. You know, only the devil knows the plans that he had for me. So that's what I mean. You know, when I said that, that he pushed in a position to get your attention, that was just my, 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 my time, my moment, um, to get my life together. Um, you know, people think that prison is a bad thing for some people. It may be a bad thing. Um, for me, I think it was the best thing at that particular time. Um, you know, a lot of times, uh, people, they, they, they do the same thing expecting a different, a different result, you know? And, um, you know, it's just something that happened. You know, it's not something that I'm ashamed of. There's, there's nothing that I wouldn't talk about. So, you know, if you really want to get to the nitty gritty, just ask me whatever you want to ask. And, you know, I just want to be transparent. You know, I have nothing to hide. And I'm like I said, it's the best thing to happen to me. You know, it brought me closer to God. It brought me closer to my family. Uh, sometimes we don't realize, you know, how unaligned we we are or how out of whack we are. You know, like they say, money is the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. You know, um, you can do some things with money, but you can do a lot of things without money too. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes money is the catalyst or the fuel to a good thing or a bad thing. Do you think, looking at it, how how did you connect yourself to God? Because this is different than jail. This is different than prison. I mean, this is different than jail. This is prison. This is where murderers, uh, uh, rapists, any guys who are just, you know, off their meds, guys who have done horrible, horrible things, not anything close to a nonviolent offense. And and you're dealing with that. I, I, how do you connect with God? Like I would have been so, I would have been grateful that I didn't get the 45, but I would have been so upset. Like, why do I have to be in this place for the next seven years of my life? Well, for the first three years, I really didn't say too much to anyone. Um, I stayed to myself. And uh, my first day in prison, uh, I met my cellie and everything. And he came and introduced himself and like, hey, my name is so-and-so and da-da-da-da-da. And, uh, you know, we, we, we talked, and he had 167 years. 167 yes, years. Yes, no, 168 years. So Whoa. he had robbed the establishment, 
And uh, there was 14 people in there, and they gave them 12 years for each count. So I believe if you do the mathematics, it comes out to 168 or whatever. So after I met him for the first day, and, and he had 168 years, and I had seven and a half years, I I I, I began to realize that uh, seven and a half years wasn't that bad. So so the so the guy that got the did he kill anybody? He didn't kill anyone. He didn't. He didn't hurt any, hurt anyone or anything. He just. Uh, ro- uh, robbed an establishment, and there just happened to be fourteen people in there at the time. Whoa! So the judge gave him twelve years for for each person that was in there. So you know, I said that to say this. You know, sometimes um, when you look at your situation and you weigh it against someone else's situation, it it, it really is not that bad. Yeah. So I would have looked at my time like, oh, I don't have nothing to complain about. Yeah, so that was the first day of me being there. And he was actually my celly for the first three years. So very good, good man, you know, you know, just caught up in a bad situation, you know. And was he was he around the same age or was he a little? No, actually, he was he was a, a seasoned, seasoned man. So he was in his uh, 60s. Okay. Oh, yeah. So he had did 25 years before I even got there, so. So he had did 25 years on 168. Oh, man. So that's, that's breaking my heart. That right was there. my first day of prison, though, you know. Um, I was very well rounded. You know, I know how to conduct myself as a man. And, uh, you know, to be honest, I don't play any games. You know, a lot of people in prison, they play like chess and checkers and cards and stuff like that you know I didn't get caught up in any of that basketball and all of that you know I I had a plan and uh, I had to find me mm-hmm. um, I had got out of touch with myself and I had to find me I had to locate me uh, you had to find Ralph yeah so you know I knew that I wasn't raised like that and uh, you know it was just something that that happened you know and um you know, and it happens to a lot of us, you know. You know, so like they say, if you hang with dogs, you may end up with fleas, <laughs> you know. So I just had a bad case of the fleas, you know. <laughs> uh, so, but you took the time to find yourself. You took the find, time to, when did you find God? When did you reconnect with God? Or were you always connected to him? You know, it? to be honest, I always was connected. And uh, I never missed a Sunday in church. While I was, you know, in my my mess, or I remember, in my I remember. criminal activity, I, I was here, mm-hmm. and uh, like I said, that probably was my my second uh, most uh, um, embarrassing moment when everyone at the church found out what I had went to prison for, mm-hmm. because everyone looked up to me and everyone looked at me, you know, as a respectable individual. And here I am going to prison, you know, for a narcotics charge or whatever. Um, I was very quiet, and I'm, I'm still a quiet person or whatever, you know. But, um, you know, God expose you. Mm-hmm. He'll put you out there, you know. And, and, you know, it was just it was just my season to be exposed. And, uh, you know, but through it all and all, they, 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 they uh, took me back in, you know, with, with open arms. And uh, it was just... It was just a, a, a good experience for me. You know, the thing that um, your mother, um, who I know very well, she's a wonderful, wonderful woman of God. Um, even when you were away, she always spoke highly of you. 
She never said, hey, my son did this or my son did that. She just said, pray for my son. Keep my mm-hmm. son up in prayer. And she never, she didn't stop coming to church. She didn't stop anything. But I believe she was just praying for you, um, trying to keep you encouraged, and encouraging herself because that's, that's tough for her also. But I think she she handled it like a champ. Hey, and, and, and another thing, your wife. Yes. I used to see your wife coming to church, and she would just like pray for my husband, and wouldn't she wouldn't say anything. She wouldn't say anything bad, anything um, derogatory, no nothing. She was just like she was like a champ, just like hey, yeah. it is what it is. I'm rocking with my husband all the way. I don't care what nobody say. Yeah, my wife, she's a miraculous woman, and, uh, you know, I wouldn't trade her for the world. And, and you know, I, if, I, if, I could, if I could change a few words in, in the Webster, I, I probably would put my wife as a, as a true soldier. Uh, she really, she really, really hung in there and um, did all the right things and, uh um, she really took care of me, you know, while I was away. She took care of business, took care of the home front. She took care of the children. And uh, I would take my hat off to her, you know. Um, she is an amazing woman. And uh, I never missed a canteen in seven and a half years. Wow. Um, you know, so she was she was my rock. Right. You know, in, in the midst of the storm, and uh, I just like I said, I just, I just really had to just give her a shout out and and take my hat off to her, and uh, you know thank her for the things that she has done, you know because to be honest with you, I don't think that I, I could have made it, and I'm gonna take th- think out of the equation. I know that I probably wouldn't have made it, you know, without her, wow, you know, um, being there, and she was very supportive, and uh, you know. She did a good job with my children, and I and and like I said, I used to see her coming to church. She was working, taking care of the kids, keeping things moving. Always came in with a smile on her face. Always came in with a positive attitude. They don't they don't make women like that. Man, no amen. They don't make women. You you got, you you did good. I gotta yeah. say, you did good. You get you did good. She's uh she's a rock. Yeah, she's a rock. Yeah, we've been married twenty eight years as of this last August. Woo! So you know. Um, 28 years, man. 28 years. 28. And, uh, you know, it's a good thing, you know. See, I, I see the car that she's driving, so I know she's a blessed woman now. Hey, <laughs> you just paying her back for rocking with you. I, I could never pay her back, you know. She should have a jet, a 747, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, you know. But, uh, you know, she should have a chauffeur. Man. Where she go, you know, if I could, I would, you know, but, uh. You know, God has definitely, you know, blessed me beyond measure, you know. Okay. So you said you had a plan when you were away. And I, what was your plan? What What well, were you thinking about? My plan was, you know, first and foremost was to work on me and to get closer to God. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And uh, my prayer was to not come back out the same way that I went in. Mm-hmm. So I asked God to stir up something in my mind to um, to to help me to readjust to society. And uh, when I was in prison, they had some programs and stuff um, that were offered. 
And uh, they had like a machine shop and uh, small engine repair and welding. Uh, they had um, CNC operator. They had HVAC. They had a lot of different programs that were offered in the prison system. And um, I, I took advantage of it. And uh, for the first three or four years, I couldn't couldn't get in the program or whatever because they figured that I had too much time, you know. But I I prayed without ceasing, mm. and um, there was a a, a gentleman uh, by the name of uh, uh, Mr. Lynch, and uh, I wrote Mr. Lynch um, repeatedly. Without ceasing. Without and, uh, ceasing. He um, answered my, my letter one day. Well, actually, he called me into his office, and he said that he's never met anyone that was as adamant as me. And uh, he said that he was going to give me a chance, but they turned me down three or four times before uh, allowing me to take the HVAC program. And his final words were to me was not to let him down. And they allowed me to get in that program, and uh, I took advantage of it. Mm -hmm. So that was um, one of the things that I had prayed for in prison, and my prayer was answered um, on that day. And uh, that 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 was that that was one of my prayers, just to be able to be a part of the program. So you started the program, you started working, you started learning, you started to hone your skill, hone your craft. So time goes on. Yeah, time goes on. So I was transferred to a, a, a minimum security prison uh, where the program was offered uh, Fox Lake uh, Correctional Institution. Um, there's a lot of programs in prison. There's a lot of things that people on the outside don't know about the inside of prison. And uh, I'm just going to say this, and, uh, you know, you don't have to come out the same way that you went yes. in. Yes. And there's a change that can be made if you want that change to be made, you know. But the first step, it starts with the individual. Mm -hmm. And um, if you want something better, if you pray for something better, um, if you ask for something better, you can have better, you know. It's all up to you what you want. Mm. As for me, that that's what I wanted. And uh, they granted me um, with the with the program and uh, I started the program and uh, thus far is it, been it's been well wow so so you're in the program you're, 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 you're doing your thing time goes on and then you're getting close to being able to leave now how was it when you were able to actually walk out of prison? Well, did you like go to go to like Mickey D's, McDonald's, any place? No, I, I never been. A, I, I've never been a Mickey D's person. Um, <laughs> I'm you know, I'm a grown man. You know, I eat beans, greens, taters, and maters and things. You know, <laughs> so you know, but um, no, I, I never really missed missed any of that. You know, um, like I said, I, I was more focused on uh, rekindling my life. Um, you know, finishing that program and and things of that nature. Um, the program went very well. Mm -hmm. uh, I received my certificate 
uh, in HVAC. And um, I um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the program. I learned a lot. Um, I learned how to work on a lot of things. Um, it really opened my eyes as to to the, the, the field of HVAC. Um, it's, it's, it's a really good field, and anything that's in the trades is good. And uh, I encourage any, any man, you know, if you're not working, if you want to work or whatever, get in the trades. Every man that I know that's in the trades, they're working. Uh, every man that I know that's an electrician, that's a plumber, that's an HVAC, um, carpentry, they're working. Mm-hmm. So there is no excuse that 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 there's no jobs available or whatever. Uh, you can start out in a union at 1946 an hour, not knowing what you're doing. And they teach you what to do at 1946 an hour. 1946 just to start. Man, and, and the only requirement is is you just have to pass a test. They'll send you down to MATC or whatever uh, local. Uh, community college, you go down and take the test. That's it. If you can pass that, you can get in the union. Um, Unfortunately, you know, I got all my uh, training for free thanks to the state of Wisconsin. Amen. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks to the state of Wisconsin. Thank you to the taxpayers of this great state. You know, that that was just something that I capitalized on, you know, when I went to prison. Uh, It was just an awesome, awesome program. And shame on the guys that's in prison that, that does not take advantage of it mm-hmm. because it's there for them. It's there for them. And, you know, they just have to just take advantage of take it. Take advantage of it. Wow. So here's the thing I love about you, man. This is the thing that I truly admire about you. Because most brothers, when they would have come out, they would have came out bitter. They would have came out, you know what, I did seven years. The people that I was hanging with wasn't with me. No, you know, my wife was doing it on her own. She was taking care of business. Nobody was looking out for her. All the people that I looked out for when I was out and when I went in, those people weren't there. But you basically told yourself, I'm not going to be bitter. I'm going to be better. And I want to take advantage of every opportunity that comes my way. Where does that come from? What does that where does that drive and motivation come from? It comes from within, you know. You have to be established in your mind first and foremost, you know. Once you get that established, you know, I came out with a, with a, with a, a clean board, you know. I, I erased all that stuff, you know. And, uh, you know, I couldn't come out bitter. That wasn't going to help me. I had to come out better, as you said. So, you know. I had to embrace life, and I had to take the bull by the horns and, you know, move forward. I knew that I couldn't go backwards, and uh, there was there, I had no option. The only option for me was forward. Mm. Uh, the only option for me was better. The only option was for me was to do the right thing. And, uh, you know, I had a second chance at life, and uh, I wouldn't jeopardize that for the world. So... You know, a second chance at life. A second chance. And a lot of people, you know, they don't get that. You know, after coming out of prison and seeing what I've seen, seeing people in there for life, seeing people in there with 168 years, mm. no, I, I, there, there was no option for me. And, uh, you know, it was just, 
It was a, a trying experience for me. It was a trying experience. And uh, like I said, I just thank God, you know, that he kept his hand on me, you know. You know, the thing that's interesting with Sons of the Church is that no matter how far you go or where you go, God is with you. Amen. God is, it, whether it's in the palace, whether it's in the prison, whether it's if I make if I make my bed in hell, if I make, you know, if I'm singing with angels, God is there. Yeah, amen. So it make a difference if it's in the lion's den or if it's in the belly of the ship or in the belly of a whale, you know. Man. Hey, you know, he's everywhere. So I just, I just, I love that, you know, because there's people that, that, that died from worse. I've seen people die in prison. I've seen a lot of people that, that didn't make it out, you know. So, oh, you know, do you still keep in contact with the guys that you were you were in with? I I'm, I actually go to prisons and I give back. OK, so you so, talk to you talk to the inmates. Talk yeah, to I, I give back, you know, and um, that was one thing that 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 was on my mind when I got out. How could I give back? You know, um, it was just a must for me. You know, um, I, I came out. I, I did what I was supposed to do. Um, I opened my own business. Uh, I got a good job when I got out. So, you know, they need to hear the these type of success stories. You know, I'm a success. Mm-hmm. You know, even though I was a messed up mess, you know. But God bless you, man. man. God, you know, he'll, he'll wash you up and clean you up. Wow. Won't he do it? Won't he? Yes, he will. Right. Won't he will? That's and 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 the business has been amazing. Uh, you've been blessing people all over the city. I I can't speak in highly enough about your business and how guys just had his hand over. It's just been growing and expanding. I believe I don't, I don't know if you you've involved your son in the business or is he walking in, walking in the same. Well, he's in school. Um, he did receive a certificate. Um, from Waukesha Tech or whatever, so he he's got his paperwork. Um, you know that's a good thing. You know, um, you know my shoes are very hard to feel, and for another man to want to come after another man, you know I must be doing something right. Yeah. So you know I, I definitely got to set the bar high. <laughs> um, you know, but when I was given the opportunity to to get a job when I got out of prison, uh, it was a gentleman by the name of uh, Mr. Kinlow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I was out about three days, about three days, and I received a call, and, and he asked me if I wanted a job. I was like, yeah. He said he heard that I knew how to do HVAC or whatever. And uh, so he said, be here on Saturday, and that's been about 10 years ago. Mm. So that's a whole lot of Saturdays. A whole lot of Saturdays. A whole lot of just, Saturdays. And then you open up your own business from there? Well, actually uh, – I worked for Mr. Kenlow for like five years, mm-hmm. and uh, and he was he was kind of old and whatever, and he seen something in me, and he gave me an opportunity to purchase the business, and um, uh, like I said, I worked for him for five years, and I've owned it now for about five or six years, so I got a ten year run in it. So wow. you know, I thank God for Mr. Kenlow and uh, you know, and his wife or whatever because. Without them, you know. See, most people would have been like, "Oh, well, you know, you're you, you've been to prison. I don't want you working for me. I don't want." But they kind of they they called you. 
and can't let you in with open arms. Like, hey, it's not about what you did. It's about trying to get back to get back in the swing of things, get back into life, get back into taking care of your family and loving your kids and doing everything you need to do. Well, I just want to say this, you know, it don't cost you anything to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And it can cost you everything if you do the wrong thing, you know. But when you do the right thing and you're living right, you know, people, they see that in you, you know. So you've got to let your glory shine. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people, you know, they 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 talk to talk but they don't walk to walk you know i'm a, i'm a hands on person and anyone that knows me you know they know that i'm hands on or whatever mm-hmm. um you know if i can't give you 100% i i'm not going to give you anything and that's just the type of person i am yeah um from the minute that i started with the kinlows or whatever um they wouldn't let me work at first because they didn't know that i had the experience but come to find out that i was the only one with a degree Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, the prison they use they use the uh, uh, colleges, the community colleges in the area. So my community college that was in my particular area was Moraine Park Technical College. So that's where I re- received my uh, credentials from. And uh, but at that particular time, they didn't know that I had the credentials or whatever. So I would watch or whatever. But after being there for about two weeks, Mr. Kenlow he had a uh, a stroke or whatever, and uh, his daughter took over. And uh, so I had to step my game up. And once they figured out that I knew what I was doing, they was like, you knew what you was doing all this time? Mm-hmm. I was like, well, hey, why not ride around in the truck, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, I'm like, uh, you never asked me. <laughs> well, they never asked me, you know. But, you know, that was a time for me, you know, to to step up to the plate and uh, show them that I knew what I was doing and uh, – and they had nothing but accolades for me from that point forward because truly, if it hadn't been for me, I don't think Ken Lowe's heating would have been around. Mm-hmm. Um, they had been around for like 40 years. And as of today, Ken Lowe's heating is still going strong. Yes, it is. Yes, it's it still is. still going strong, you know. So we thank God for Ken Lowe, Mr. We, Ken Lowe. And, um, we do. We thank God for what God's blessed you with. So we've been talking almost an hour. It, it, it flies by. It flies by. It flies by. Um, before we end, I want to ask you this. If you could say anything to a young brother who's about to FaceTime or about to get into a car that's not about to take a drive that they don't want to take, that they don't need to take, or they're facing some amount of time, and they're upset, angry, getting bitter, getting upset, seeing things they've never seen before in prison. What would you tell them? How, how, how would you encourage them and keep them from losing it? Because a lot of guys are, a lot of guys who faced what you face, they've killed themselves in jail. There's people that had probably less time that just couldn't fathom being in four walls locked up for that long. So what would you say to encourage them? I would say that prayer is the key to success. Um, When you develop a prayer life and you lean on God, 
for your all in all, you know, you can't go wrong. You know, think about what you're doing. You know, like I said, um, or what I forementioned is life is what you make it. You know, you I can't make your life for you and you can't make my life for me. We We need to be conscious of what we're doing. You know, we need to be conscious of where we're at, mm-hmm. the people that we're we're with. You know, the sky's the limit. Yeah. And we can have anything that we want out here if we put our minds to it. You know, and like I said, it doesn't cost us anything to do the right thing, but it can cost you everything if you do the wrong thing. So just be conscious of what you're doing out here, brothers. Uh, get in the trades. You know, get it, it, it's not that hard. If you learn how to do the mathematics or whatever, they're not asking you to have a, a, a bachelor's degree or a master's degree. You know, all you need is a GED. You know, get your education. Education is, is, is the key to success also, you know. You know, you can't go wrong. Get some education. Um, go down to the local uh, 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 um, chapters and, and, and see, you know. If they need help or whatever, you know, but a man without a job is a man without a future. You got that right. So a man don't know, work, a man don't eat. A man don't eat, you know. So, you know, we, we gotta be men and be real men, you know. And uh I would just say be responsible, you know. Be responsible. Mm-hmm. And uh everything else will fall in line. Well, like I said, I, I appreciate you, Elder. Um, I've seen God's hand on your family's life. Um, I've seen you not get discouraged or bitter, but you've become such a better man and an inspiration for many and that we just need to know that no matter what happens or what life circumstances happen, you can keep going. You can keep pushing. You can do whatever you put your mind to. And there's no room for excuses. There's no room for excuses. So, again, I thank God for him. I thank God for um, just talking to God. I think he's one of the most interesting people that I know at my church. He just had, I just wanted to hear his story because it's such an interesting story, and I never hear it too often because he's such a quiet, humble person. But um, I appreciate you. So this concludes another episode of If the Truth Be Told. You can check us out on any digital platform where you get your podcast. That is Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, um, Sprecher, iHeart, um, any place that you listen to your podcast. Also, you can check us out on our If the Truth Be Told Instagram page. Uh, that is ITTBT underscore podcast. It's ITTBT underscore podcast. And I just want to take a second for Ralph just to let us know if you need heating and cooling services, he has a fantastic business. What is the best way to contact you if you need Heating and um, heating HVAC service. Well, you can Google Kenlo Heating, or you can go to uh, uh, um, you can go to Kenlo Heating, or you can go to rgriff zero eight three zero at gmail dot com and contact me, or you can contact us at four one four three eight zero zero nine hundred or four one four three nine seven three eight nine nine. We'll be glad to help you. He's the best. In, he's the best in the city. Best in the state. He does amazing things. So on that note, 
We thank you for rocking with us, and we bless. We wish you many blessings. Peace.